Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It's football time in the bluegrass. You're listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast. I'm a very hoarse Nick Roush. Proud to be here with you today. Thanks to our good friends at Justice Dental. That's They're giving justice on the streets and the streets of your mouth because they got two locations in Lexington. One on Blazer, one in Wellington, conveniently located, just top of the line facilities, always clean, fast in and out, a one-stop shop for all your dental needs. You aren't going there and then got to drive all across town to get something else done. They can do it all there. Just give them a call at 
700 uh, to hang out with Doc Thompson sometime near you. Today, I'm joined uh, by Freddie Maggard and Charles Walker. Drew Franklin is taking some much-deserved time off to tighten up tonight. So I think I, I'm worried about our guy, Charles, because I'm, I'm afraid he's going to watch all of his teams lose in one weekend. I think he's just bringing them bad luck. Yeah, you might be right there. I'm uh, I, I'm still just recovering from Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, and and realistically, us being this close to taking down the best team in the nation. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. I'm just I'm disappointed as well, and. But at the same time, I'm not though because they they're the best team in the nation. It's not even close, right, Charles? Like they don't even like nobody even looks like they're within a fart sniff of of Georgia. I mean that team, and they don't. That's their backup quarterback. They don't even got their good quarterback. Yet. <laughs> you know, absolutely. And and I think again, I texted you all. No such thing as a moral victory anymore, or truly ever. But we proved we belong with the best team in the nation and can play with the best team in the nation. Um, so there's definitely positives to take from the game, but some of the plays and some of the airs for the reason we didn't win, that's the most frustrating part. Cause it wasn't that they're unbeatable. It was, we shot ourselves in the foot, which we continue to do time and time again in these big time games. Well, I shouldn't say that. We've had a pretty good year so far. <laughs> well, and Freddie, we talked about it going into this game, how it would come down to a handful of opportunities and Kentucky had to take advantage of them. And, and that was not the case this time out. Um, the, the, the errors I think that bothered me the most, Freddie, were just the drop passes because you hadn't really seen it that much this year. And finally, you, you have a game where you can't lean on your rushing game. you got to go to the air. You have to lean on your passing game to move the football. Will Levis, he was putting it for his guys to catch it, but um, Kentucky, they don't have the dudes out there right now. They just – they don't. They don't have those guys. No. No, they don't, Nick. And, and I think uh, Saturday kind of exposed that. We've all known it, that the receivers not named Wondell Robinson is not a group that, that can threaten a defense. And when you're – when you have a game like against Georgia, the number one team, the best defense in the country, you only have a few opportunities or chances to influence the, the game's outcome. Kentucky had those chances and, what, four, five, six drops? Uh, just can't do that. And, you know, it wasn't like Levis it, – it, it wasn't miraculous catches that, that was dropped. It was yeah. – you know, one bounced off a forehead, you know, then through the hands. It was just Levis. I thought, to me, you, you all know me, I've been slow to roll on Levis. Last week I thought, okay, this is the guy. He, on Saturday, he earned my respect as being, okay, this is the quarterback of the future. This, Kentucky finally has found its quarterback. He's been looking for it for a long time. I was really impressed with Levis, you know, ha completing 32 passes when – when Georgia was bracketing Wandale, run game was going nowhere. Lee and Cohen schemed up so many open receivers. I thought he, he called a heck of a game. And Levis, you know, Levis was navigating the pocket. He sacked three times, but, you know, he got the football out. Just, just dropped passes. I mean, just simple as that. Uh, 
but the thing that the thing that that I I was most uh, disappointed in was the Kentucky defense. Georgia is a good, yeah. not great offense. I mm-hmm. mean, let's just be honest. Nine yards of play. That's bad. <laughs> I don't care who it's against. That's bad. Stetson they, Bennett. They haven't played like that all beater. year. Stetson Bennett is not a world beater. He's a game manager. 14 to 22, 50, three touchdowns. Georgia averaged 12 and a half yards per attempt. Mm. Not completion, attempt. 18 yards per completion. I only ran 47 plays because five uh, Bulldogs had carries of over 15 yards. Way too many explosives were given up. It was just an uncharacteristic performance from the Kentucky well, defense. And it was one of those two. I, I felt like they were selling out so hard to try to stop the run. The play action, they just got, you know, they got all spun around. I, I know we we definitely made the mistake of maybe underrating the Georgia offense a little bit going into the game because – Whoever their play caller is, they finally got somebody that I think knows a thing or two about football. They were struggling in that department for a long time. But there were there were a lot of times where Kentucky's defense just fell for it. <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better term. They, they they fell for the fakes, they fell for all the shiny allures, all the eye candy. And Stetson Bennett made some throws. That there's some plays you can't do anything about. That touchdown to Brock Bowers, I mean. What, what what are you going to do? What, what what can you do right there? Except get some pressure on the quarterback, and they did not. They could not get any pressure on him all day long. Uh, I, I think there was a couple sacks where they made some nice plays early, and that's what got those early that early stop. That's what kept him in the game. But the defense could not sustain it. It was a not a not a great performance, Freddie. Not a great performance. No, it wasn't, and didn't tackle well in space at times. Uh, just. Just an uncharacteristic outing from a Brad White defense that, you know, uh, when the players watch film, it's a bye week, so I don't know if Charles will come in probably Wednesday. Uh, if not today, then finish up early so they have the weekend off. I don't know how they're going to do it. I think I think Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. Is what okay. That's typically they're, what it is, yeah. yeah. They're, uh, the film is not going to be kind. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a tough watch uh, because you had three phases that, that had chances uh, two blo- two more block kicks, you know, field goal and extra point. That's that has become uh, something critical in nature. And then offense. I mean, you got a bye week, Charles. Can 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 you get some of these young receivers up to speed? Because I mean, we we've signed we've seen the same thing over and over and over from non Wandale pass catchers. Is that a possibility? You know, I think a, a lot of it goes down to preparation. You know, we've seen Isaiah Epps have good games where he comes up with nice catches. Um, You see one where it goes right through his hands on third down and hits him in the helmet. And honestly, it should have been a pick right then and there. Luckily, Mm -hmm. uh, one of their linebackers fell over, you know, us on the ground. I don't know how you fix that. A drop is not an immediate fix. Um, I I did like, you know, Demarcus Harris had a drop, but then he had some nice – plays I mean I think he'll be a promising receiver um it's just it's so hard football is such a momentum based game and we go down they win the kit or they win the coin toss and decide to kick it they think they're going to steamroll us and what do we do we put together a nice little drive on the best defense in the nation and we're driving the ball and then boom a formation penalty I mean something that is totally (laughs) totally inexcusable 
Now you're first and 15 against the best D-line in the nation, the best defense in the nation. And, and you're moving the ball on them. If you can go down and score and it be 7-0 on this, on this freaking mediocre Georgia offense, some of those blinker stats were unbelievable. You know, they have a first quarter differential of 85 plus points. Um, another was, what was the, the second one? Oh, they're, they have, that was their 32nd force three and out some way mid through or midway through the first quarter. And that they lead that with second in the nations and three and outs forced. It, it's just that defense is freaky, freaky, freaky. Yeah. They're freaky. And then you gave them, you just soft toss one to them because you couldn't line up. That that's more inexcusable to me than the drop passes. And that's something Absolutely. that that's something that you could expect a kid to do. Like if you're playing Chauncey Magwood or one of those other young receivers, you would expect them to do, but they weren't the ones in the game, you know. So it's like, well, hell, what, what have you got to lose putting them out there if your old guys still aren't going to be able to line up? Which, I mean is getting lined up the easiest thing in the world to do. You just talk, tell the line judge, I'm on or I'm off. Like, I, And when you're looking down at the ball, how do you not see if a guy's on the line of scrimmage or not? <laughs> oh, that one frustrated and it's, me. And it's one of those where when it's a new formation or a new maybe a trick play, it can get dicey. I mean, we used to do it time and time again. And, you know, the first day of practice – everyone would be all messed up and it'd be a flag. You'd review it. Second day, you'd run it three times. We'd be half and half. Third day, hopefully you're three for three on getting lined up. It's just you play in these big time games and everything's moving so fast. Again, I do think it's inexcusable, but it happens. It happens in football. Just stinks that we're rolling against the best defense in the nation. And that is how the drive kills, the you know yeah. drive killer. Just stinks. But- but Kentucky's defense did get some stops, Freddie, and then they had a yeah. chance to make the biggest stop, Josh Pascal, who is just still a game wrecker. I mean, an absolute game wrecker. He finished the day with six tackles, one for loss. He had the forced fumble, and you could see it coming, Freddie, when he was coming around the bend, and you were just like, oh, man, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? He gets there just in time, but nobody reacts to it. Nobody – I mean, I thought that it was uh, an incomplete pass, but you see – you don't see the officials react right away. And yeah. the ball sat there, and that changed the game. That absolutely changed the game uh, when – I think it was uh, the one running back, Milton or somebody. Kendall Milton. Milton. Kendall yeah. Milton, yeah. Ran about eight yards. But they, they end up, instead of a forced fumble or a sack, Kentucky ball – or a loss of yards and it's third and 20, it's third and eight. Just uh, gut punch, yeah. an absolute gut punch. You know, football happens. Uh, you know, I played a lot of defense in my life. And you don't, if you're downfield and you're in zone, you're, you're guarding the area, you're, you're in man coverage, you're running with a, with a pass catcher or whatever the case may be, you don't expect to see a fumble 10, 12 yards down the field. You know, it, it 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 probably appeared like an incomplete pass. Is that an excuse for not jumping on it? No, but I I, I can understand. Uh, I can understand it. You know, I I can't. It, it did impact the game because Georgia scores the next play. Oh, I, I, I yeah. turned to Luckett and I told him I was like, they're they're scoring on this play. I just I, you yeah. could feel it, you know. And yeah. the thing the thing that I think the part that didn't make sense to me is Charles. 
you've seen these guys on defense. Every time there's any sort of fumble, lateral, anything, they scoop it up and start running to the house. Like every, it's their Super Bowl. They see it, <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I I agree with Freddie. Yeah, it's weird. It's you know, it it's twelve yards down the field. It's a fumble. Blah blah blah. I was telling people yesterday, first off, I couldn't talk to anyone yesterday about the game. Every time someone would try to talk to me about the game, I'd just say, I'm not talking about it. So I'm talking about it here, and then I forget about it. 24-hour rule. But I was talking to one buddy, and I got fired up, and I was driving my car on Dutchman's Lane, and I said, listen, if I saw a football roll across the, the freaking road right now, I'd put this truck in park, and I'd jump out, and I'd jump on the damn thing like a grenade. Because that's what they do. That's what you're taught. <laughs> I just I can't I can't get over it. I don't player slander, but you got two leaders, one transfer in Jones, and and really one of our major defensive leader in DeAndre Square. I, I just couldn't believe that they did not jump on it. I really I couldn't. And then of course, like you all said, it's poetic justice. The next play, Milton runs a angle route, and who does he score on? Jacquez Jones and DeAndre Square, right yeah. up the middle. I mean it uh, it. It's just we had so many opportunities, and it's the little the little fixes. We just prove we belong. Yeah, but we get smoked. The you know? it it is unfortunate too that those guys have played just outstanding football for you, unbelievably all Unbelievable. year. And then this game, man, at Georgia they put a lot of stress in you. They put a lot of stress on those guys. But I will I will I mean it. You know that it's a mature group whenever Jacquez is tweeting out, like, you know, guy, hey, that one's on me. It's not happening again. And yep. I respect that. I, I respect that. Mm-hmm. But, man, that was tough. You know, absolutely. And, and, again, you can't – you can't. That's not the whole game. You know, there's there was other plays, other opportunities. It's just, man, that's a 14-point swing or at least a seven-point swing. A momentum swing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I told someone yesterday, we play that team 10 times, we can walk out with three or more wins, you know. And, you know, let's play them at home. I think it's a different game. That's just uh, – it's a really good football team, and so are we. So, definitely things to be mad about, but definitely things that we'll build on and hopefully uh, can, can – some, some of these wide receiver recruits will look and think, this quarterback's a real deal, and – I think Liam Cohen showed that he can get pretty dang creative uh, with offensive play calling. I mean, that that one drive was just unbelievable. That was, so, it was Shakespeare. It, we got to talk about it because I think the difference between this game and some of the Georgia games in the, in the past is whenever you start having the, the plays like the fumble and then a quick touchdown and then the next drive, they have three big runs that lead to a score. Freddie, we've seen it time and time again where – the game gets out of hand, and then it's just you throw in the towel. This Kentucky team did not throw in the towel. Will Levis punched back, and they punched back after three straight three and outs with just an incredible – I mean, hang that in the museum of football drives because that drive that Liam Cohen called up, dialed up, that was the thing of beauty. It had everything, and it also had a review that saved, saved us because Will Levis – uh, I think that was his only incompletion that wasn't a drop was potentially a strip sack. But everything else on that drive, man, it was – it could not have looked prettier. Yeah. How do you take us through that, the strength in his hands? What in the world? Yeah, no, that that he's a brute, man. That that takes that takes just brute strength. 
to be able to hold on to the football and then throw it forward like that. You know, everything Will Evans did impressed me yesterday, um, or Saturday. Just his confidence, just his ability to find an open receiver and to put the ball in catchable areas for the pass catchers. You know, several times, like four, five, six, they didn't make the catch. But Will Levis put them in position, and Leon Cohen put Will Levis in position. Just think about it. He he schemed up 32 receptions against that defense, who leads the country in pass defense, with only one viable option at receiver. Just think about that for a minute. That, that alone was incredibly impressive. So, yeah, I mean, he, he I think Cohen's brilliant, and, and we're seeing that offense really – uh, take shape of what he wants it to be. And he's got a quarterback that, that can make it happen. But like we said, for seems like forever, there's a giant help wanted poster on Kroger Field for wide receivers and going to have to get that to take the next step forward because the tight ends are there. You know, 10 catches on Saturday, I thought they played well. Bates did have to drop. Yeah. But the tight ends were effective. You're throwing the football to running backs I and mean, anything you can do hook and ladder, anything that, that Cohen could do, he did. I will say that drop that Bates had, rig, if he would throw it to the outside, because there was a safety, you know, staring Yeah, 47 down. was about to smoke rig. Yeah. I mean, Bates. Sorry. Yeah, but rig on the backside had nobody in front of him because there's just nobody there. Um, and also, there was one thing that people were saying during the game. I was losing my damn mind. Conservative play calling. We got to go downfield. Like there were routes downfield. They were just covered. There was one time they ran the fake toss play, and it was the play that got Rig a thirty-yard reception where nobody was around him a week ago, and that dudes were just holding the hell out of him and daring the referees to call it. And they said, "No, I don't think we want to call that right now." So like. You know, I would much rather Will Levis throw it to an open checkdown guy than try to force something on a third and seven against the best team in the country downfield. Like, do I yeah. do I do I do I have to say it again? That is the number one pass defense in America. <laughs> good. I mean, they're really good. What the, what the hell you want him to do? Just throw throw uh, uh, you know 15, 17 yard dig routes and go routes on every pass. Yeah, well, you can't do that. You have to at least attempt to establish a run game. You know, 27 carries isn't high, but you've got to. That team had 109 quarterback hurries and 22 sacks going into the game. You cannot. I mean, classic example, I would love for Georgia to play Mississippi State. And then you could could establish if that's your complaint and watch that. The – so here's the thing. I I think the trying to – like, okay, if you're Kentucky – your run game is your strength. You've got to give it a try, right? But yep. it kind of is almost like a fool's errand at this point because they're just – their front is so good. And, like, I don't care what you think about the big blue wall. That that front – I mean, they've got two All-American defensive tackles and an All-American middle linebacker. They're very, very good up front. And – but you you can't blame Cohen at, at the start for trying to run the football because that's what you do best. I don't know. So you're kind of stuck like they do. And then Kentucky was finally, they were, they were dialing up their shot. They were going side to side. When you're playing a team that's overly aggressive, you try to throw screens to, to take advantage of their aggressiveness. 
and a lot of those work. When they finally dialed up their shot, what happens? Well, this almost gets strip sacked. Like, it's just because in order to side the pressure, you got to max protect. So then you only got two routes out there. It's like, it's such a lose lose situation when you've got guys who are that good on that Georgia defense. I mean, they are that good. It is. Yeah. Ah, man. Just, I, I, don't, I don't even know. They were, it was one of those things that before the game, Charles, I thought highly of them, but I was like, there's no way they can be as good as advertised. And they actually, they actually might be better than advertised. And it's a credit to Kentucky for being able to have a couple of double digit play drives just to, cause that's, that's hard to move the chains against that football team. You know, absolutely. And again, I've said it probably five times. People are going to hate me saying it. That's the best defense in the nation and might be the best team in the nation. Um, I thought we handled our own. And again, we're, from a talent standpoint, we're right there. Now, we don't necessarily have a 340-pound defensive lineman that can run a 4-5. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're out our two nose tackles that are starters that were contributing a lot. So, uh, Josh Pascal, again, like you said, Freddie, proved that he is a man amongst boys. Uh, yeah. I'm really proud of the way we played. You can't play your best every weekend. I understand that. It just stinks that we didn't play our best when we had the opportunity to take down the number one team in the nation. I will say this. I think Kentucky played extremely hard. Uh, I don't think the moment was too big, and I don't think they were intimidated by Georgia. Uh, yep. and, and, and this is going against character for me because, you know, I've been, I've been a little tough on this offense, but yeah, I've come around the last two weeks. Look at, look at Georgia's – what Kentucky did exceeded Georgia's average in scoring – was giving up five and a half points a game. Kentucky scores 13. Mm -hmm. Passing was giving up 137. Kentucky goes for 192. Uh, was giving so up 200 it, yards. Kentucky gets 250. Yeah, so there's a lot of things Kentucky did better against Georgia than anybody else. Nine of 19 uh, saw, on third down. I mean. Yeah, the grab was excellent. But I, I saw the, uh, the director of the senior bowl, in a tweet said that they need to charter a bus from Athens to Mobile this year. That's how many pros are on that defense. And that, that's a true statement. Um, yeah. and, I, and I don't believe in moral victories anymore with this program. We're not there. Just, you know, football happens and, and Kentucky had chances. That's all you can ask for are chances in the game like this. And because opportunities are so limited against a defense of this nature. Uh, but I want to go back to Kentucky's defense. I, it was just it was just uncharacteristic. A lot of things, you know, there were one-on-one -on -one, uh, scenarios that Kentucky lost, and it's just freakish athletes by Georgia. Brock Bowers being one. Darnell Washington's a six-seven tight end. Uh, you know, Georgia's tight ends had almost 140 yards receiving, three touchdowns, two touchdowns. So, yeah, but but. Uh, just, just uncharacteristic of the defense. Josh Pascal, bless his heart, was getting double, triple team. Georgia did an excellent job of taking away Kentucky stars in this game. Josh Pascal, yeah. even though he did, he, he had six tackles. Wondell Robinson, they were not going to let him beat him, and Chris Rodriguez Jr. So that that all equals the fact of what Will Levis did was that that much more impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, and, I, you know, there was a, a big stink made about what they were going to do without Oxen down in there. I feel like you got to give a shout-out to Aboule for stepping yes. up and playing solid. He, yeah, yeah, he you did. Know, 
he was not a problem for this Kentucky defense. I, I think that's no. what a lot of people worried. He was he was not even close to it. Um, that I, I I was happy with the way he played on Saturday. I was also there were times where the secondary stepped up. Um, man, loved some Vito Tisdale firing up the crowd. That dude, he was. Chuck, you should have seen him on the sidelines before the game. Like, because you know how y'all come out for warm-ups pretty early? And, oh, yeah. I mean, it's right by the Georgia student section. And he's just asking for booze an hour before kickoff. <laughs> just, that's, a, that's, a, that's a BG bad boy. I mean, he's uh, he's built different. I've been, uh, I've been around him a couple of times in Lexington, and he's goofy and – you know, he won, he plays with his heart on his sleeve, that's for sure. Oh man. Um that was a crazy atmosphere. I mean, just the noise there was that was nuts. The UK fans that traveled, y'all were incredible. I, I had so much fun, so much fun with Kentucky fans down there. I will say, you know how you can tell Kentucky's closer. That's the most trash Georgia fans have ever talked to me in the last four times that I've been down there. They they were, I mean, Friday night, Saturday night. That's when you know you're close, Freddie. That's when you can tell you're you're yeah. striking a chord. Is when they start they start lashing out a little bit and tell you that Arkansas is better than Kentucky. I thought Lucky was going to smack somebody when they said. That <laughs> I would have loved some idiot Georgia fan that doesn't know anything about football say that Lucky just the freaking. <laughs> encyclopedia of, of football, college football, just says states 10 facts in a row. Oh, really? That would have been great. The thing, too, it, like that you can't – Georgia or Arkansas is a cautionary tale. Now, granted, they had a second very emotionally charged game that I think led to that dud at Auburn. But Georgia blitzing them in that first quarter. Now it's three losses in a row. You can't do that if you're Kentucky. And I think part of why I was so impressed with the way that Levis was able to get that scoring drive, make it a one-score game at half, and then have the ball for the entire fourth quarter and march the ball down the field, that showed me that this team isn't going to let Georgia affect them for weeks to come. I mean, DJU is still just seeing ghosts out there. It's it's a bad look. So the vibes that I got after the game, it's certainly they're not in moral victory season. Uh, by any means, and I think I'm. I'm now. I think every one of us has said that that we're past moral victories line. But this team, they're not going to let. Uh, they can't let it happen, and I don't think they are going to let this loss snowball because there's still a lot to play for down the stretch. Freddie, remember my conversation a few weeks back? You didn't want me to have. That's on the table, and hell, even a college football playoff is still on the table. Yeah, a lot, a lot of opportunities. Uh... But, you know, the, the the bye week could not have come at a better time for Kentucky because they're beat up, just like every other team in the country right now is beat up. And, and I think it allows uh, Mark Stoops to reset, to reevaluate. A lot of self-scouting this week would be going on. And, uh, you know, a, a tough trip to start with at the end of it. So, uh, yeah, I think the bye week is important, but it, there's a lot of things in play. Uh, the Tennessee quarterback, Hendon Hooker, I don't know the extent of his injury, you know, because without, without him, that's a different football team. So uh, Louisville, you never know what version you're going to get of that. So at a bare minimum, you can almost guarantee Kentucky at a bare minimum is an eight and four team. 
with New Mexico State and Vanderbilt. Yeah. So, uh, which wait, 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 leads wait. Me, no, Freddie, no, 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 no. Bare, I'm not bare minimum that's nine and three. Come on. Okay. Well, I'm saying just with New Mexico State and Vanderbilt, those are tr- sure wins, right? Yeah. You're going to be favored against Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Louisville. So I'm saying a bare minimum without even any effort whatsoever, you're eight and four. So, and I think Kentucky is much better than eight and four team. Uh, but, you know, it, it's to the point now where you got to heal up and, and, and hopefully find some receiver help. And, and I, you know, think Vanderbilt is, is just awful. And, but I like to thank the Commodores because they hit my parlay this weekend. Wow. Wow, they almost got a win too. They were they they could have, but old Zeb, Zeb yeah, Nolan uh, led South Carolina to victory. I had Ole Miss minus one, and I had the under on the uh, South Carolina and Vanderbilt game. Which oh, love that under, great under. Which was uh, that game set football back a few months, but other than that, I, I like the under. That that was some bad football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you couldn't was, pay me to watch that game. It was some bad football. I got I got paid too. to watch it, Chuck. <laughs> nah, that's true. <laughs> I had me a good little weekend, SEC wise. Um, except for Knoxville, man. Oh, um, I had Ole Miss. What are y'all talking about? Did you have uh, Ole Miss getting pelted with garbage from those I garbage I, fans in Tennessee? I wish I wish I would have taken the player prop. Lane Kiffin holds golf ball at post game interview. That probably would have been about plus three thousand, three million. That I mean, that was, that was crazy. It was one of those things that we were listening to it on the radio on the way back to our spot, and couldn't I couldn't believe it. Like, wait, they're throwing was, stuff on the field. These these Ole Miss homers must be up to something. They're, they ain't throwing stuff on the field, and then you you turn it on, and the cheerleaders are using their signs as umbrellas from the garbage that Tennessee fans yeah. were throwing. I had closed captioning on because, of course, I was at a wedding. No duh. Oh and I was just re- following along, and, you know, it said, and there's a mustard bottle on the field. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought it was one of those screw-ups, you know, like sometimes the closed captioning has the wrong words. No. Then they showed that mustard bottle. But all right, there you go. Man. Oh, so whoever threw the golf ball had to, had to prepare for that moment. You just don't accidentally. Yeah, why do you have a golf ball? You don't accidentally have a range ball from a Gatlinburg putt-putt in your pocket before going into Nayland Stadium. So somebody had thought of that through. Uh, that was dangerous. You know, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, you see some people laughing at it, but it's dangerous, man. I mean, yeah. you know, Cole Kublik, their buddy was down on the field. Man, he could have lost an eye if he took a bottle or, or a golf ball to the, to, the, yeah. to the face, man. The cheerleaders were, you know, in danger dance team, the players, that, that was that was total classless move by Tennessee. And I and, hope the SEC just hammers them. Oh, fine. Yeah, and, and you know what I think would even be better is if they did the thing where they're making – like, we're going to make you not – don't even let them go to a football game. Say, yeah. sorry, you can't have fans. Because here's the thing. A lot of the those volunteer fans like to say, oh, it's just the students. No. That stuff was coming in from all directions, although and it was landing all the way out to midfield. Like 
I'm not buying that crap that it was just one. Oh, it was just the students. Bro. No, no, you're not getting away with it. It's not just the drunk people. It was all of those good for nothing. Get them the hell out of here. That fine's going to do nothing to them. The fine's just going to hurt kids in the athletic department. Keep the fans out of that godforsaken garbage dump of a stadium for a few games, and maybe they'll learn their lesson. Maybe they'll learn a lesson. What about – all right, I got a new one now. So, what What about, uh, you know, LSU and Orgeron? And uh, supposedly they're they're going to pay his full $17 million buyout after this season. Wow. it's a lot of money. So, wh- where do you think he lands? I mean, where where do you think he lands? And where do you think – oh, gosh, who's the other coach? Someone was saying Lane Kiffin's going to take the LSU job. I'm like, well, huh? we have some uh, – betting odds to be the next LSU head coach Kiffin's the first one which is a surprise because I thought they would have Jimbo there Kiffin Luke Fickle Billy Napier is the hire they should make but they probably won't make he's at Louisiana right now he's been really good for the Raging Cajuns they beat Iowa State last year they've been great yeah they're like like six and one aren't they yeah, they beat the Louisiana. snot out of App State Tuesday night they're a good football mm-hmm. program Napier's a good coach he's been waiting for this job the time is now. Um, Jimbo Fisher in there. Bill O'Brien. Ooh, Mark Stoops at plus 850. He's got better odds than Bob Stoops at plus 900. Um, yeah, I, Mark Stoops ain't going to be the next LSU head coach, folks. Just You've know. not named the next LSU head coach yet. Joe Brady? James, James Franklin? Nope. Maybe. Uh, you think it's Franklin? I don't know. Well – who, who am I supposed to name, Freddie? I don't know. <laughs> Freddie Maggard? Do, we, do you tell us that you're going to be podcasting? No, you know something, Freddie. Who's it going to be? I don't know. I just I just don't think it's going to be any of those. Uh, but the, the, the it's not Mel Tucker. Last... Not Mel Tucker. That, that was just some agent crap yesterday getting his name out there. I'm not buying that for a second. Press conference last night was uncomfortable. Uh, it looked, you know, it was very, very uncomfortable looking. So, yeah, good for Coach O getting that buyout. Good for his agent that that worked yeah. that in there. And you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, that's just, uh, you know, good for Coach O. Is all I got to say. I'm, I'm happy for him that he gets. I just don't. I don't think he'll coach again as a yeah. head coach. Yeah. And if you got that much money, would you want to be a position coach working the Midnight every night. I, I don't know. I, it could be TV for him next because that, I would tune in to watch Coach he, O in a pregame show. He's 60 years old, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's getting paid $17 million. I think his son is playing at McNeese State. You know, go watch him yeah. play for a year. Um, but I I mean, I, may, I could see him maybe doing like the NFL or something for like a year. Um. But man, I yeah, I, I I don't I don't know where Coach O goes. It would be funny if they did do the coach switch though, Chuck. If they went Billy Napier to LSU and then Coach O just goes to <laughs> stays in Louisiana and coaches the Raging Cajuns, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, kind here's of, what I almost like see. he might fit in more. I'd like to see Coach O take a year off, relax, and then whenever Co- Corso retires, put him on that spot. Oh. Oh, that's a good call, Freddie, because he's – he's people don't hate Ed Orgeron. 
You know, nobody hates it. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's a good no, call. He, he, I mean, he, I I love the guy. I mean, I'll know him, but I love his personality, his energy, his passion. So yeah, I like it. I like that possibility. Oh man, that's a great call, Freddie. Because in general, he can be kind of a boring talker, but I wonder what he's like now that he doesn't have to be this guarded kind of coach talk, you know? Well, he was almost a little unguarded at the press conference. <laughs> he said, uh, he, you know, he's going to take some time off and he's got enough money for a, ch- a cheeseburger. And he said, I may have enough money for a, a double cheeseburger from Sonic. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's like, hey, listen, I'm a coach. I'm going to have fun. And, I'm going to go home with all this money. I do think it's funny, though, that they were like, all right, we're going to give him time. Uh, they didn't want to fire him right after the Kentucky game. But then once he won one, they're like, oh, God, we can't have him hanging around here and winning some football games and talking us out of firing him. That AD wanted him out. Uh, so he was yeah. just like, we're going to do it before he starts winning some games because that Florida game, Dan Mullen has turned into Coach O's uh, lifesaver the last two years, uh, which, by the way, what a disaster. Dan Mullen, what a fraud. You can't beat that LSU team by 10 points. Get the hell out of here. God, Florida. Yeah, that was bad. They stink. Man. I wish I had the over in that one. Golly. Hey, hey, I, I, they don't have a total out there yet, but the Tennessee Ole Miss game, that over was not going to hit. I think this LSU one might. Because they, they the, both of those teams just love to give up a ton of points and yards. So – Easiest over this weekend <clears throat> was Oklahoma TCU. That thing hit like third quarter. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was ridiculous. Easiest upset call in the history of football, though, was the Purdue Boilermakers hammering down the Hawkeyes from Iowa. Yeah, how much longer till uh, till your Ken's out of Purdue? I don't know. We'll see. You got some inside info there. No, no, me. Yeah, I just said congrats, coach. Get the hell out of here, Iowa. Although there is a dude who keeps talking about Stoops replacing Ferentz at Iowa after this year, which I don't like. You need to – I'm more worried about Iowa than I am USC and LSU as far as head coaching vacancies. But um, big upset, number two going down. Uh, number one, unfortunately, for another week. But, Freddie, I do think it is I, – I don't know how you can look at – college football and say that any team like maybe Alabama is close to Georgia but Georgia's the best team and they yeah I think yeah 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 they're the best team in the country I I do think that that offense may get may may make it closer than it should be uh we'll see how that works out but hey Stetson Bennett answers the bell every time I mean, he, he's he's consistent. He's a game manager, and, but he's he's good at his job. He doesn't hurt the team. Uh, really, no elite running backs, but they got four of them that can just keep hammering you. Yeah. And I don't think Georgia's offensive line gets enough credit. That is a big physical unit that's only allowed now four sacks in seven games. That, that's pretty daggone good. Man, and um, Kentucky, Kentucky blitzed. I mean, they just absorbed. The blitzers. I mean, it, it was impressive to watch that Georgia offensive line. But uh, it has, has Bowers as a threat. Darnell Washington is a threat. Then you got uh, uh, Eric. Uh, what's the other tight end that's not playing right now? The transfer uh, from Eric Gilbert. 
Oh, from LSU that's still on the team, but just not playing. Is he on the so team? I mean, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of daggone dudes that without her, without a Pickens will be back this go- year. Yeah, I mean, you know, with him back, you'll have a prototypical go-to receiver. We'll see how that changes things. But best team in the country is, is yes. Best defense in the country by a mile. Will that offense hurt them down the road? I don't know. We'll see. Man, I – They were uh, awful good on Saturday against the good Kentucky defense. I, we do have some breaking news, Freddie. Why not? Breaking news, Kentucky-Mississippi State will kick off at 7 p.m. October 30th. 7 p.m. on the SEC Network. Save your Halloween parties for Friday. Go trick-or-treating on Sunday because the Cats are playing in Starkville on the SEC Network. Uh, Man, that place, I know we'll talk about it more next week. I don't like it. Average average margin of defeat in the last – I don't know. Three games last. Kentucky hasn't lost by single digits since Stoops' first trip down there in 2013. 26.3 points per loss in the last three. That's bad. That is bad. Yeah. Uh, Need to go down there and win that one. Um, That breaking news was brought to you by our good friends at MyBookie. Is there anything better than sweating out a win in the fourth quarter and coming away with cash in your pocket? At my bookie, there is make your first deposit and receive double your money for ever placing a bet with my bookie. It's a dollar for dollar match on whatever you throw down up to a thousand bucks. Wow. I, uh, brief aside from the ad, I know somebody that they've been doing these big risk free bets on huge parlays 16 for 16 on the first of part of a 17 leg parlay. A Bills Mafia win tonight will turn five grand in deposit money into $150,000. So, uh, oh my God. and Acquaintance has a lot riding on that Bills game tonight. You don't have to go that big to feel big when you're playing with my bookie. Winning season is here. Get in on the action at mybookie.ag right now. Use the promo code KSR to get double your deposit bonus. That's promo code KSR. So you can double your funds, double your winnings, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, mybookie.ag. Man, I that guy too, he had the Cowboys yesterday. Imagine sweating out that Cowboys game. God, mm. man. Diggs takes it to the house and you think it's done, and then Diggs gives up the 80-yard touchdown. Oh, God. Oh, wow. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I had Cowboys plus three, so I was kind of uh, – I was teetering in uh, win or loss. I teased it, so. Okay. But, man, that was – that was banana land. That was banana land. I listened to quite a few uh, – quite a few radio calls yesterday on the way home. We had the, the Sirius XM with all of the different homework calls going on across the country. The guy for the Miami Dolphins might as well have been asleep. He was terrible. And to, I mean, it, it makes you really appreciate having a guy like Tom Leach, you know? Like, yeah. He's just such a pro's pro. And even when him and Jeff make some remarks about like the officiating or something, it's not like the the people in the old Miss booth. Well, these SEC officials, they're just terrible. They just need to get out. I mean, I, I just don't even know how you can be that bad. Like, 
glad, grateful that Tom Leach and Jeff Bacoro are some of the good guys because there's some out there that are so bad. The guy for the Cleveland Browns was hilarious because he would act like a professional. And then as soon as the play was over, just like rag the team. <laughs> oh, <this is laughs> terrible. Um, so that, that drive was – it's not a bad drive. I know a lot of Kentucky fans made it. It was, it was good to see some of y'all down there. Um, that pregame atmosphere, I got a big Cats chant going at the catwalk. I was up on top of the railroad tracks. And I think that's was the start of my voice exiting me, like just losing it because I was, I was losing it. I was filling myself with a catwalk, and <laughs> it's one of the better ones I've ever been to on the road. It was a ton of fun. So, um, was it yeah. better in Texas A and M? It was. It was. It was about on par. I think A and M. There's a little bit more space for like fans and stuff down there. This one was a little yeah. bit more crowded, uh, but. It, it was right up there with it. That that A and M one was awesome though. Cash, I thought Cash was yeah. slugging some back with the fans at that game. I tell you what, Nick, there's a there's a lot to be excited about this team. You know, going forward, six and one right now. I mean, that, that's a spot that very few thought Kentucky would be in. And then looking ahead with the two, you can't say guarantee wins because I'm not going to say that again. But you know, Vandy and New Mexico State. Three games should win, right? There's a big game, big difference between could and should. Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Louisville are all should wins, plus the two that are pretty, you know, pretty sure wins. So there's a lot to be excited about, and there's a lot left on the table for this team. There's a lot left on this table. For sure. Not a lot of food left. I know I'm going to be eating a lot of food this week. It's game season. It's finally cool out. It's bye week. Um, going to enjoy a little bit of R&R. Charles, how many weddings you got this weekend? Of course, during the bye week, I have no weddings. So I will uh, – I'll be catching up on watching these other SEC teams. Oh, my gosh. Well as, I, know, I know. That's the one time you should be getting married is during the bye week. Oh, just silly. Absolutely silly. Um, now, I, I – I'm, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Oh, there's one more thing that I, I needed to say that I'm going to be saying all week when you hear me talk about anything anywhere. Th there's one play that really summed up the game for me, just in totality. What makes Georgia's defense so good is that they, they have guys, they have game changers at every level. So when you have a chance to score a touchdown, you run a play that confuses the front, line the defensive line you take them out of it you have a perfectly i mean the screen is set up as good as it gets you have three guys that need to block one nicobe dean but he's nicobe freaking dean chris yeah. rodriguez could have walked into the end zone if they just get a body on him but they can't he makes a tackle for a loss and instead of a touchdown they keep points off the scoreboard. That's what Georgia yep. does to you. That's what that's what it's like when you've got an all-American playing middle linebacker there for you. It's they've got dudes everywhere that can just make those plays that very few can. And that's why they'll be making plays on Sunday, Freddie. And then behind Nicobe Dean and those linebackers, you have Lewis Saint, who is a very aggressive and very good safety. So all three levels. I mean, they erase Jordan mistakes. Davis. They're erasers. They, they, they... Jordan Davis, the All-American, who's up for the Heisman, had three tackles. So that, that's a good job on him. But then you had 
his, his backup gets six tackles. Who's just as good in the true freshman. Jalen so, Carter is yeah, a stud depth, too. I mean, depth is is incredible. I mean, East, West, North, South. That, that is just a defense of 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 enormous proportions. And then I I didn't like watching them play Saturday, but I like watching them play every other Saturday. <laughs> but you just mentioned you just mentioned that that play. So many opportunities. That's why on Tuesday, when his team gets in and watches this film, if they've not seen it already, they're going to be sick because there were chances to, to make this a, a, a close ball game towards the end. Charles, are you, are you worried at all about the blocked kicks? That's the third time a Matt Ruffalo kick has been blocked this year. You know, it's something that they're going to work on. Um, obviously, 95 and 99 are probably the two hardest blocks you're going to have to have on a kick. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't know what's going on. You know, typically, it's one of the easier things. You just dive left or dive right, depending on what side of the field you're on or what side of the snap you're on. Um, I don't know. They'll correct it. I'm not worried about it. They'll correct it. See, I, I'm a little worried, Freddie, that Ruffalo's line drives just aren't. I guess that's just the, the game you play, you know. You take that accuracy yeah. for the line drives, but little little low yeah. for a six seven foot Rogers, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean that was the fourth. They that was the fourth kick, right? Including two pa two pats and two field goals. Was there a pat the block too? I knew that we had the yeah. uh, the Missouri yeah. kick block against LSU. There was a pat block. Yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah. So. Can't be doing I that. Think it, I think it was LSU. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's, that's that's four. That's three. That's four too many. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, it that is. that's something you got to fix this week. They got to heal up. Hopefully, Isaiah Cummings are right. – Dude, he ran a hell of a route, too, on that catch. Yeah. And freaking to Kobe Dean right there, ready to smash him. I'm, I'm hoping it's just a shoulder kind of deal because that's something, you know, enough rest and PT you can come back from. Uh, I tell you what, Isaiah Cummings is going to be a dude. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I think he's going to be a star. I mean, I'm comfortable enough right now to say that I think I think Isaiah Cummings is going to be a star. Man, he that as much as people talk about the hook and ladder, the block he made on that play was probably the most impressive part of it. Yeah, the seal off that side. Cummings is uh like you said, he's a ball player, man. He's a ball player. Really need him ready to rock, rip, rock, and roll. Um, so I, this team still has a very fr- bright future ahead of it. I, I, I don't think that Georgia game took away from that. And, in fact, I got more confidence from Will Levis from this game. He was on one. He was dialing it up. Cohen had the right stuff. Uh, now you got to go play a, a, a Mississippi State game on the road. Get healed this week then potentially get one of those game-changing wide receivers you need and then go win in Starkville. And bada-boom, bada-bam, we're still riding high here in a couple of weeks. Hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I, I, my final take about Georgia is, you know, a lot to build from, a lot to build from. No moral victories, but – I, it wasn't as bad as 30, 30 to 13. It could have been a whole heck of a lot closer mm-hmm. with with three or four, you know, a couple of not drops, a couple of catches. 
the screen block, field goal, the PAT. I mean, you you name it. I mean, it, it was there. It was there. Yep. Well, we need to get out of here. But before we go, Chuck, is Drew going to be happy or sad tonight? Bills, Titans. I'm a Titan fan as well. I don't want to bet against them. I think the Bills are a damn good football team. And now I honestly – I'm not betting it. Let's put it that way. Go Titans, but I'm not betting it. But Bills are going to win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, take that's that, That's what I kind of feel. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Titans. But that being said, Mike Vrabel has been known to show up big in big-time games. Mm. We'll see. I'm running we... on the Titans. I'm hoping for a win. We shall see. I hope you all enjoy your bye week. I'm going to be eating so much chili on Saturday, enjoying college football, the fall weather. It's 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 finally cool out. We can finally put on our long sleeves and our blue jeans. Enjoy the bye week. Take a little break. And we'll be back here next week for more from the KSR Football Podcast. And peep the technique. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.